It's a joy to be with you today. How are my base of friends this morning? Who's glad to be in God's house? I want to extend to uh, Dr. Betta and Sophie and Zeb and his family our deepest honor today and an honor to be with you guys. Can we just honor our leaders today here at Beza? Uh, on behalf of Calvary Church, it's good to be with you guys. Calvary loves Beza Church and uh, uh, Dr. Betta and the family so very much. And we just honor this congregation and the work here in Ethiopia. And it's so good to be with my Ethiopian family. Uh, I, I look Ethiopian, do I not? Just asking for a friend, so I feel like I'm part of the family. And also, my friend, uh, Pastor Tim, is our missions pastor today. He's in the house with us as well. Give Pastor Tim a big hand. He's an awesome travel friend. And, and then on behalf of my bride, who is beautiful, but you can't see her, so trust me when I tell you she's beautiful. And uh, we, it's good to be in the house of God today. If you have a Bible, go to Genesis chapter 22. But I wanted today to talk to you about hearing God's voice. We have a God that speaks. Do you believe that God speaks? And I want you to understand from the scripture how we can look at scripture and discover what it means to hear the voice of God. Now, when you think about this, if you believe God speaks, you have to then begin the process, how do I know what is God's voice versus what is my own heart, my own soul, my own will? We all have a will, right? We all have a will than our, our emotions, our minds. And so how do we know the difference of the two? And we'll hit that a little bit today. But before we get to that part, I want you to know that if you know the character of God and know who God is, you can know you can trust God's voice. God's a speaking God. Interesting little nugget. When God spoke, the earth came into existence, right? He spoke the world, he formed it. He spoke and the seas began to roll out and the fish began to float and swim. And the, I guess not float, but swim. Um, that's better if they're swimming versus floating. Uh, God spoke and, and the earth was formed and God spoke and light came in and darkness separated the two. But interesting note, God did not speak man into existence. God formed man. Now think about this dynamic. Could God have spoken man into existence. Absolutely. He, he proved that. He spoke everything else. He said light, and there was light. Sea, and there was sea. Fish, and there was fish. And trees, there was trees. But it came to mankind, God literally did not speak, but he created out of the dust of the earth. Now, here's a thought for you to think about. Could it be that God separated the distinction there for the purpose of giving the picture and the image that while God fashioned man with his hand... God would guide man by his voice. So God is a speaking God. Do you believe that today? So in the scripture, we see some things about God to talk about to kick off today's topic. Again, if you know who God is, you can trust God's voice. Here's a couple things for you. From the scripture, his names reveal his voice. Listen close. Jehovah Shalom, he is our peace. Come on, say peace. Jehovah Jireh, he is our provider. Say provider. Uh, Jehovah Rapha, he is our healer. Come on, say healer. Now, Jehovah Nisi, he is our victory. Come on, say victory. I love this next one. Jehovah Makedesh, not a good name for your kid, by the way, Makedesh. Jehovah Makedesh, which means I am making you holy. Come on, say holy. We also have this name, Jehovah Sidkenu, I am your righteousness. Come on, say righteousness. Well, another name for you real fast, Jehovah Shama. He means I am here. I am the God who's here. Come on, say God is here. So why do I give you all those names? Because his names reveal his character. 
His character confirms his voice because when you know who God is, you know his character, you know his voice, you now can trust what he says to do. It's the difference in hearing from someone you trust and a complete stranger. Um, this is my first time to the continent of Africa. First time in Ethiopia. I, come on, there you go, yeah. When I arrived, I waited for our host to pick us up because I wanted to get in the van with the right person. Isn't that important? Somebody we could trust that we knew from a connection and a name being given to us. Now, the point there is when you know someone's character, trust begins to increase. Now, why does this matter to us about God? Because God at times will ask you to do some things that may not seem like you should do those things. But this is why you have to know the character of God. A couple things I know about God. Quickly, I know that God is good. Come on, say good. I know that God is loving. Come on, say loving. And I know that God is faithful. Say faithful. Now, those three things matter, and here's why. If I know God's good, loving, and faithful, when God speaks to me, I can know that he is speaking from his goodness, his faithfulness, and his love. And if I follow his voice, it is for my good to show me his love and to prove he is a faithful God. And here's what you got to know. There are times that in this book right here that there are things this book says to do that I don't really want to do. I don't want to be good to people who are mean to me. You're looking all self-righteous like you like being good to folks who are mean to you. But the Bible says do good to those who persecute you. Who would think of that? Um, how about this one? Love your enemies. Who's in for that? I'm like, God, can we have a negotiation about that conversation? But here's what I know. I know that when God says, forgive those who persecute you, he does that for my good and because he loves me and because he's faithful, because God is a good and a loving and a faithful God. And when you know who God is, his voice aligns with his nature and his character. Now, in the scripture, when we know who God is, we can trust what God says. Remember, God speaks. God speaks. To this day, we have a speaking God. God isn't mute, he can talk. God isn't blind, he can see. God's arm is not short, he can reach out. God's ears are not deaf, God can hear. God is present today, and God's a speaking God. Who would like to hear God speak in your life even this day on this Sunday? My hand is up, by the way. Now, when you think about the story in Genesis 22, here's a picture of a man named Abraham. And Abraham shows us his view of God by how he responded to God's voice. Write this in your notes, if you're taking notes. Your view of God is indicated by your response to God's voice. If I don't trust God, I'm not gonna follow his commands. I'm not gonna follow his word. I'm going to do what I think because I know myself. And even though I'm not that trustworthy compared to God, I tend to trust myself more than God. But if I can ever understand God to the level of trusting him totally, 
no matter what he says, I can do it with boldness in my life and never looking back on the journey. Now, as you look at Abraham's life, there's a tremendous picture here of a person's belief in God that ran so deep that he responded to God's voice in significant ways throughout his entire life, but in particular, the beginning part of his life, and then later on when he had his only son, we see Abraham follow God at such a level of obedience that it actually brought Abraham to see a different and a brand new revelation of who God was. Think of it this way. When we obey God's voice, we see God differently. When you obey and respond to God in a different way, you see a different version and view of God. Go to Genesis 22. Here we go. Get your Bible. Say yes. Genesis 22, verse 6. I'll read it with you today. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, here's the fire in the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac is doing the math. He's been here before. He's seen sacrifices take place. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. Abraham had built an altar there and he placed the wood upon the altar. He bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand to take the knife and to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called and said to him, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand upon the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you've not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. Interesting, the ram just now appears. Was it already there? Did it just show up? Another example of revelation when you obey the, obey the voice of God. So Abraham went and took the ram, offered it up for burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Jireh, in the mount of the Lord he shall provide. Here's a great picture of a man who heard God's voice and followed him. Now I've always preached this message from the angle of who God is, and there's certainly the picture of God in this story in Genesis 22. But there's also a significant revelation of who Abraham was and his ability to hear the voice of God, respond to God's voice, and actually set for us a model of the idea that when you understand who God is, at the core of who God is, you can follow and trust the voice of God, no matter what God asks you to do. No matter what. Because when you know who God is, you can follow God's voice. Abraham, the Bible tells in Hebrews, that Abraham believed God was able to even raise Isaac from the dead. So literally, he goes up the mountain. He goes on a three-day journey on this trek, you could say, to respond and obey to God's voice with the idea that in his heart, his son would die. Such faith, such commitment and such conviction who, to who God was that he did this unthinkable task. When you know who God is and you hear his voice, you can follow it. Now, what's interesting to me is that in this story, when you look at Abraham's life, 
this shows us a significant shift in how Abraham now would see God. Now think of it this way. God doesn't change. God did not become Jehovah Jireh that day. He was already Jehovah Jireh because God doesn't change. But that was the day that he became Jehovah Jireh to Abraham. He was already Jehovah Jireh, but now he's Abraham's provider. He's not somebody else's provider. He's Abraham's provider. And here's what you got to see. If Abraham doesn't obey God, he doesn't see a new revelation of God. To find a new revelation, you've got to take a step of obedience and faith and trust in who God is. In that step of faith, he then discovers a whole new look at the character and the nature of God. Abraham found God to be different and fresh and new in his life because he trusted and obeyed the voice of God. So a lot of folks are asking for a new revelation of God. God, I want to know you deeper. Who's ever prayed, God, I want to know you deeper? Who's ever prayed, God, I want to know? We sing a song about this. God, I want to, I want to, I want to know you deeper. I want to be closer to you. Okay, well, have you taken a step of obedience and trust and faith in God to the level that you now have a new revelation of who God is? Because in this picture of Abraham's life is a revelation that Abraham never seen before, but God revealed himself to Abraham. God said this. God said, now I know. Interesting, because God knows everything. (laughs) So this is where it gets kind of fuzzy. It's like, okay, what do you mean now you know? I thought you already knew. Well, yeah, his his all-knowing nature doesn't change. But what happens here is now he knows that Abraham knows he's Jehovah Jireh. Abraham now sees God differently. Abraham has experienced God in a new and a fresh way because he obeyed and trusted God's voice. Now God reveals a brand new look at himself to Abraham. Watch this close. Abraham's faith in God resulted in trust to the level that literally impacted his kid. Let's do the math on this. Isaac wasn't a baby. Isaac was likely in the later teen years. Now, I have two sons. I'm a big man, bigger than most Ethiopians. (laughs) I could not get my sons to lay on an altar and me pull the rope out and me go, uh, Chandler, just lay down. My, My oldest son, I couldn't catch him. He's too fast. My youngest son is just too big. He's my size. And I can't pick him up. But watch this. Isaac likely had to crawl upon the altar, get up there himself, all the while knowing the math that's taken place. He's seen this before. And he's thinking to himself, and this is just me putting images and thoughts about the story of my own, my own narrative of the conversation. He's thinking to himself, uh, this is not going to turn out good for me. Okay, Dad, I'll get up here. Watch this. Isaac's response to his father was set in motion by Abraham's response to his father in heaven. See, watch it, parents. When, when your kids watch you follow God, they'll hear the same voice you hear. 
Now, every kid is different, and your kid may take a swerve off the path. Your kid may take a journey here or there. But the seeds of the gospel of Jesus Christ do not come back void. When God's word goes in and God's voice goes out, the seeds are there for eternity. Be faithful. Be patient. Keep praying. God has a plan. Don't give up on your kids. At the same time, give your kids a picture of what it's like to listen to the voice of God. Because I can do the math on this. If Isaac doesn't want to get up there, he's not doing it. And Abraham, as an older man with a younger, strapping, strong teenage son, he's not making it happen. But somewhere he saw the model of hearing the voice of God and responding. And that impact him in responding to his own father. Do you want to hear God's voice today? Are you prepared to take a step of faith in a place you never thought you'd be going? Because when God speaks, God typically brings us to a place that we've never been, never thought we'd be. And then one day God says, now is that time to make that step of faith. Now, Abraham, Abraham experienced God in a fresh way. Abraham shows us this picture of experiencing God and hearing God's voice and obeying. Honestly, there are times when I read the word, when I hear a message preached, that my first response is, I don't want to do that. I don't want to give. I don't want to serve. I don't want to love people. I don't want to forgive people. But I know this, when God's word speaks, and I know God is good, whatever he asks is because he's good. I know God's loving. Whatever he says is out of his love for us. And I know God's faithful. Whatever he gives you to do is part of his faithfulness in your life. So how do we take away from this story when God speaks? What, what do we put together? What do we come up with that we can leave with today and go, okay, my life will be lived different because of this conversation? Well, the first thing to think about is this, that God's provision is on the other side of our obedience. It's not on this side, it's on the other side. It's on the other side. Now, again, we, we tend to look at stuff through the natural lens. In fact, even today, I'll give you a chance at the end of the service to make a decision for Christ. And you might be here right now thinking to yourself, I'm not living where I need to be with God. My heart's away from God. And when I give you the chance to make a decision, your mind's going to say, don't do it. Don't respond. Don't go. Already, you'll face today a tension of what God is calling you to do and what you think you should do. But here's the reality. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways, not our ways. God can see much further than we can. God can do much more than we can. And if you're one of those folks that plans out your entire life, uh, beginning every year and you have the next 10 years mapped out, you've already sold God short. Because God can do far exceeding and abundantly beyond whatever you may think or ask. God has a bigger vision for your life than you've ever thought about your life. If you'll simply trust God's voice. God's provision on the other side of obedience. If Abraham doesn't obey, he's still Jehovah Jireh. That doesn't change. But Abraham would not know he's Jehovah Jireh if he doesn't obey God's voice. So provision comes on the opposite side of obedience. Another thought for you quickly is that provision always blesses other people. God's promises bless other people. Here's why. Because God's good. God does things to and through us to bless others. God has always done this. God uses people to help people. 
That's why the devil uses people to hurt people. Because the devil is always attacking God's vehicle to help people. So in this process, blessing comes not just to us, but comes through us. See, Abraham saw his son, God saw a nation. Abraham saw Isaac, God saw Israel. Abraham saw Isaac, God saw you and I today. Uh, a little boy goes to a, a, a gathering one day to hear a man named Jesus talk, and he shows up with a lunch. He's got a couple biscuits and some fish. Food for one. God made it food for a multitude. God's always multiplying beyond. Why? Because God's good, God's loving, and God's faithful. This is the nature of God. When you know who God is, you can trust the voice of God. You can have confidence in God's word to you today because you know his character and his nature. So here's some thoughts for you about when God speaks. Everybody say God speaks. Who would like to hear God speak in your life? Who wants to hear God speak? I do. I, I, I want to have a, an ear that hears the voice of God. First of all, God always speaks from his providential will. This is the bigger sense of God's will for mankind. Did you know that God has a mission for mankind? God has a mission for Beza Church, for Calvary Church, for Ethiopia, for America. God has a mission for this region, this part of the country, as he does for America. God has a plan. So anytime God speaks, God has a plan that's bigger than who he's talking to. Let me help you today. It's never about me or you. It's always about him. His plan, his will, his word, his ways, his work, his creation, his earth. It's about God's big idea. God speaks to us from the bigger picture and the bigger sense of his plan for mankind. Now, the crazy thing is that God picks people like you and me to serve his mission. I mean, just think about this. Why does the creator of all things actually invite us into his, to his service, his mission? Why? Because he wants to. Because he chose you. You have a plan to serve God through your life, whether you know it or not. If you're a believer in Christ, God has a plan and a mission for your life today. You say, well, I don't know what that mission is. Well, that mission begins with the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples. And then you might say, well, Marty, that's where I don't have to do that because that's for the preachers. The preachers are the professional Christians. We pay them, they go and tell about Jesus. That's not how this works. You are a minister and a preacher of the gospel, of the good news, just like I am. My actual job... And your pastor's actual job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. Because you're going to go to the marketplace tomorrow. You're going to go to the schoolhouse. You're going to go to the highways and the byways of life. And you're going to find people who need Jesus every time you take a step. And you're there on assignment and commission to be used by God's plan for your life. That's part of the great plan God has for humanity. And you're part of it. You're in the middle of it. Again, why did God choose us? I don't have an answer other than he chose us. God put the gospel in earthen vessels. People who've experienced the saving grace of Jesus Christ are now commissioned by God to go forth and spread that same good news to mankind. Second thought about God's voice. When God speaks, God invites you to a deeper relationship with him. Abraham walks away knowing a deeper version of God. He walked up the mountain, convinced that God could bring him back from the dead. He goes down the mountain knowing God provided a different plan. 
I have a different view of God all of a sudden. I thought I had to lay it all on the line. God, you asked for this and I was prepared to do it. Abraham, I got you. It's gonna be okay. Now, remember this story. Again, Abraham came out of a pagan family. Abraham was not raised in a pastor's home. Abraham's dad was a pagan idol worshiper. Abraham's father lost his son, Haran. Abraham had some baggage. Abraham had some history. And God said, Abraham, get out. Leave your family, father's house, and go to the place I will show you. And then Abraham talks to God later, and God says, go up a mountain, take your son. If I'm Abraham, I'm going, hey, God, I've not, not done enough already for you. God, what else you want from me? I've left my family, left my family, left my, my, my job, my community, and now you want my son too. What else do you want? God's bringing us into deeper connection with him. Why? Because God wants to be with us. He loves us. He fashioned us. He formed us. And God wants to be in relationship with me and with you today. His voice brings us to a deep relationship. Number three, quickly, if you're taking notes, write this down. He, he brings us all by his voice into his work. God never just speaks just to talk. Unlike most of us, God has never misspoke a word, never misused a word, never failed to speak. He's always spoke when he chooses to and on purpose. I don't know about you, but I tend to talk a lot. My wife would tell you I'm a talker. You're looking at me going, that makes sense because you've been talking for 25 minutes already this morning. But hear me today, God, when God speaks, God brings us into a place that's part of his work. Think of it this way, God Almighty is inviting you to hear his voice, be part of a bigger mission, walk in a deeper role with him, and be part of his work today. Each one of us, God's calling us that level. His voice will probably bring you to a point of crisis of belief. Be prepared for God to interrupt your plans. If you've ever prayed the prayer, God, I'll do whatever he asked me to do, except for those two things. God, you can have all of me, but you can't have that. The human nature always tries to control what God can do. And remember again, God is much different than us. God sees things different than we see. God had a plan to bring Dr. Betta from Ethiopia to America, from America back to Ethiopia. All part of God's sovereign plan that he could have never scripted. And then God knew some time ago, I'm 49 years of age. I know, I know I look much younger than that, but I'm 49. God knew some time ago I would be here on this day. And God made this happen and this happen and this happen and this happen to get me to stand here right here today. I have no idea why God does what God does, but I'm not God. But God will almost always bring you and me to a place in which we have a, almost like a Christ of belief. For example, Jonah. God told Jonah, go to Nineveh. He went the other direction because he did not want to mess with the people who'd been mean to his people. In fact, Jonah even said, God, I know if I go, you'll forgive him. He goes the other direction. Next thing you know, he's in the belly of a fish and the fish is getting an upset stomach because the prophet of God is running from God. So think of it this way. When God calls you and God speaks to you, don't be surprised 
if God doesn't alter your plans. Be careful of letting your plans conflict with God's plans. You'll always short yourself in what God can do through your life. See, when God speaks, adjustments are often necessary. Why? Because we, we factor our days. We plan our lives. We have already this year planned out. For some of you, very got the idea where you're going to be at Christmas time. What if God throws you a curveball? What if God speaks to you at such a level you go, I'm going to sell all I have and move to a different country? What if God said that to you? Well, I wasn't sure about that one. Marty, I was good to you said that. Does God speak? Does God provide? Does God guide? All those are true. When you know who God is, you can trust God's voice. I'm almost done. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says this. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly, two big words right there, above, not below, above. Everybody say above. Above, above whatever you think, whatever you think or ask, according to the power that works within us. Never let, listen to me, never let your limited capacity limit God's infinite capacity. Never let how we see things affect how God sees things. I was flying the other night. We, we arrived at about 2 a.m. on Saturday, so a little bit of jet lag's kicking in right now. I need to lay down, so... And I was flying thinking, this is amazing. I'm flying at 30,000 feet in the air in this thing called a plane, transcending over the earth and showing up in a place 5,000 miles from where I just left. Is that amazing or what? I have no idea how it works. I just get in and trust the pilot. I have no idea how God works. I just trust his voice. I'm not sure what God's doing, but I know God's character. I don't understand all God's ways, but I know he's good. I don't know why he does what he does, but I know he's loving. And if I was God, I wouldn't do what God does, but I'm not God, and he's faithful, and I'm not. I trust God. When you put your faith and trust in God's voice, he'll speak to you, and he'll guide you in your lifetime. Now, if you've ever heard the voice of God, at some point you've been called to leave your comfort zone and experience God's blessing in a brand new way. So my question for you today is how has God been speaking to you? How has he been speaking to you? What's God been saying through his word, through his spirit, through his body of the believers, the body of Christ? Because I think God speaks. I've heard God's voice in my spirit. I've heard God's voice through the body of Christ. I've heard God's voice through preaching of the word. I've heard God's voice in reading of the word. God's a speaking God. The question is, are we a listening and an obedient people? If God speaks, how do we respond? How you respond is directly affected by how you believe and see the character and the nature of God. When I know God's good, Anything God says is good. When I, when I know God's loving, whatever he says is because he loves me. If I know God's faithful, anytime his word comes to my spirit, I know he's fulfilling his promises in my life because God doesn't change who he is. He wants to reveal deeper who he is. 
if we'll simply obey the voice of God. God bless you.